great to be here this morning to give glory and praise unto none other but Jesus. Amen. You're thankful to be brought into this glorious light, this beautiful way. Amen. Straight and narrow. Thank God. Amen. How many likes to drive fast? You can do it on them straight roads. It may be narrow, but if you're the only one, and it's only one way, and you're going in the right direction. You ain't got to worry about anybody coming the other direction. If it is, it's the devil, and you just run over him. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Appreciate you so much. Let our classes go back. God bless each one of you. Amen. As God just shines down upon us here today with his goodness and grace and mercy. My, my, my. What a God we serve today. Praise God. Brother Andy, if you would fix the air. Cut the heat off. Made it put on by 70, though. Thank you, sir. Praise God. Thank God for our Sunday school department again today. You know, what just a small window we have to engage God's Word and try to have it written on the tables and the hearts and the minds of uh, these young young boys and young girls. Man, our, our dreams and hopes is to, to impact them forever. Man, with the power of His Word and the power of His love and into our hearts and our lives. Nobody's loved us like God has. Nobody's paid the price that He paid both as he walked upon this earth and then the ultimate price of the cross itself and a man willing to make those sacrifices and suffering a man and learning obedience through that and man to, uh, willing to bear the scars and a man disciplining himself and even unto the hour and the moments and the times uh, the one that created it one that formed it yet Submitted himself unto it. Amen. As an example. Amen. Thank God. God that loves us so much that he knows our seasons. He knows how to minister unto us in our seasons. And in those seasons, if you read Psalms 1, amen, if we'll just get planted by the right river and don't stand in the wrong ways and sit with the wrong bunch. And, amen. Amen. It'll make all the difference in the world of the outcome of our lives. It's good to see you here today. And let me join with Brother Ford. Appreciate those of you that were able to join. No doubt it was a blessing to Montana. Amen. It was very uplifting and encouraging to her. All that was able to come and to fellowship and joined. And thanks to Sister Linda. Amen. And the work she put into this and time. Amen. For a granddaughter. Amen. To find a high moment in her life. Amen. And uh, so we thank God for to continue to pray. Uh, they're working with her. Got a church over in Liberty that's working with them. It's uh, got an elderly sister that's in the same place she's at. And so that's just uh, went from one thing to another. They was in the room having Bible studies and they had them moved out into the family room. And it's just on their calendar every week. They go in every Tuesday. And so thank God for it. And uh, so it's not just reaching one or two now. They're reaching for several and some of the staff members and things of that nature. So it's 
pray for them. And God to continue to bless them, strengthen them, and bring those things about. Amen. Our lesson this morning is the bread of life. The bread of life. It's kind of a series. I know we've missed the last couple of Sunday mornings, and all of this comes out of John, the sixth chapter. Amen. And we're not going to try to catch it all up this morning. It'd be impossible to do that. We're going to do good to just get this one. Amen. As it talks about, amen, the bread of life. And focus verses are found in John 6 and 68. Man is 69. And uh, I'm praying with the help of the Lord here today to help us. The more you study these scriptures, and, and I'm going to have to admit, John's probably my favorite one of the Gospels. So not, not that it's more you know, important or whatever, uh, but, but John come along, you know, they say at least about 40 years after the first three, and uh, he writes where other three wrote to individuals in certain congregations they was reaching for. John was reaching for whosoever will. John wrote about the deity of God. He came along to uh, reiterate and in a way that only John could do it uh, about who Jesus was who the Messiah was. He rehearses and brings things unto us, uh, some of the most emphatic truths about Jesus Christ. If you read the letter of John, amen, the, the plan of salvation, uh, the workings of Jesus with humanity, uh, the way that he would go about uh, I don't know if you could say that every word of all of these conversations were recorded, but there's more than enough to persuade a believer, to persuade one that's got an ear to hear, one that has a desire to be saved, one that has a desire to know God and his riches and his calling and his purpose. It's John that really makes it clear to us that no man can come unto him unless this Father draws him, unless the Spirit draws him. We couldn't found the way that we sung. We, you know, we, we sang it that we found the way, but uh, actually he drawed us to it. We didn't just blunder up on it. We didn't just stumble into it. Amen. No, there's always a purpose. There's that. To, but how, how does he do that? By his word. By his word. Because you can't separate word and spirit. That's really just a dangerous thing not to have a love for his word. I mean you don't have a love for his spirit. You don't have a love for his, his will and his desires and his passion as an individual. You know. It's his word that is spoken and it's not just the written word sometimes. It's those private times of, of those private times and prayer times that he speaks specifically to you. And what he desires and what his will is for you and me as an individual sometimes. So, the bread of life, John 6, 68, 69. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Truth about God, Jesus, is the true bread of life, the truth for my life. I will never turn 
from Jesus. I'll never turn from Jesus. But I kind of made up mind and kind of made up heart and spirit. And uh, I want to be a servant of the Lord, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, amen. I didn't, you know, the writer didn't say that we would never fail him. We just said we'd never turn away from him. Amen. And uh, you know, there's a big difference between David and Saul. Saul always wanted to cover up, blame somebody else. Never really loved God, but David, whenever the preacher would get in his face, he was willing to repent. He didn't blame everybody else or no one else. He took on the blame. And you, you don't read where he ever bowed to worship, called on any other God. Didn't matter how horrible it got, how much his home got tore up, how many different avenues of attack against him. A man, he was going to do his best to be faithful to God and serve God in that area and time. And uh, so... So we look at this today, and she watched this layout, this layout of John himself. Uh, it's plum amazing. It's, it's, it's about uh, revealing this bread of life because this is the question. The Jews, the Jews did not believe. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they was all out to get Jesus. They was all to ensnare him, to trap him. If one fell, one group fell, another group would come in. And, uh, but yet Jesus Christ being the Almighty, a man, even though as they even confess and say, uh, amazed at his doctrines, amazed at his words, and, but he had never, a man had studied, in other words, he had never been to any of their schools, he had never sat before any of their professors, and so they're wondering, they're wondering, where, where did he get this knowledge, who is this guy, where, who's he come from? And now, a man, he's fixing across some lines as he engages a man and walks these regions, a man from, from, from one area to another. As he, sometimes he gets in the boat and sometimes he don't. But he still shows up. Amen. <laughs> so they begin to want to wonder, and this is what this sixth chapter is about. And, uh, but we're going to back up just a little bit. Because when you go back to John 1, 51, 39, and I didn't give you 46, but that's okay. But if you look at these in the first chapter, and we know at the beginning of it, the word, the word was gone with God. And the same was in the beginning. In the 14th verse, it talks about the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. But as that continues on, and you look back at this first chapter, you're going to begin to see some things that are said. And uh, there's something else, and I'm going to bring it out to you in a few minutes, that John wrote that, as far as I can tell, in my studies and research, not, nobody else done this, amen, like John. And uh, John's writings is, in a sense, is a, a affirmment of truth, that Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. He is the Son of God. He is the one that came from heaven. And you're going to notice in our scripture lesson, the chapter of it, this is where they had problems because they said, well, we know his father, but they did not. They thought they did. But they did not know his father. Even Jesus Christ himself said, if you'd have known my father, you would have known me. 
And if you'd love my father, you would have loved me. So, now, when you really begin to tie all this together, that's the reason it's so important to love this. If you don't have a love for this, if you don't have a love for God, neither can we really say we have a love for Jesus. It can be as so often the Israelites, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, confession was made with the lips, but the heart, their hearts were far from that. And so, you know, I, I have come to the conclusion the last, especially the last few years, that it's making full circle. And uh, if you watch our world and the things that's going on, uh, they're, they're treating God about like Israel did in the Old Testament. You know. They want to claim to be Christians and want to claim to be followers and disciples of Jesus Christ, but yet live like the world and the love of the world and in the things of the world, but yet claim and confess that they're Christians and followers of God. But there's no separations. There's no, you know, there's, there's no lines, you know, and, and that's getting even more blurred than ever. And that's, that's the, the so-called Christian and religion Amen. And, and still out of the same book. But yes, it has got broader and broader and broader. In fact, to the place that some of your denominal places have going back and changing. Their bylaws, they're changing. Their ideas and opinions of, of what it takes to be saved. That you can live these type of lifestyle and still be saved. you got to remember, everything that calls him Lord of Lord is not of God. It's not true disciples of Jesus Christ. So I believe that we're living in some of the most deceivable times as far as religion and as far as means in this way because where at one time even our nation that was so separated from all the other nations, the other nations are trying their best to infiltrate in and they're not just infiltrating us with people but they want to infiltrate us with their ideologies or their doctrines, their beliefs things of this nature because they want to pollute, they want to contaminate, they want to rob us of the very source, a man that made this nation great, and that's becoming because we was a Christian nation. Because we had forefathers that believed in this God, they believed in this book, they didn't have no problems on using it in their speeches, they didn't have no problem praying, they didn't have no problem calling up him, they was never be ashamed. In fact, if you wanted to be voted for, you better claim to be a Christian. I wonder how many Muslim believers would have got voted into any kind of office whatsoever at whatever level from the, the county, the state, and federal. I wonder how any of them that claimed to be a true Muslim and claimed that 50 years ago would ever got any office. Regardless of what party they run. But look where we're at today. So just give you a little idea of what's going on. So as we watch this and what John's doing here, Especially as you get in these first chapters, and you're going to go back and John 1:51. As you look at the latter part of that, a man is Nathaniel that he's talking to here. Jesus Christ is talking to him, a man, because he's seen him under the fig tree. Andrew had, had goes back and tells him, "Hey, we found him. We found the one that Moses wrote about. We found him. We found him. Here he is." And, and so he talks about coming out of Galilee. Any good thing come out of Galilee? And, and as Jesus refers to him and talks to him in that 51st verse, I want you to catch something. Hereafter ye shall see. Hereafter ye shall see. And so if you watch even from this verse chapter of John's writing and his recordings. Amen. Now remember, I mentioned the writings here, some of this has done happen for what, about 40 years. 
And so a lot of this, he's having to go way back and recall these conversations and things. That, so, but remember what Jesus told them, the Holy Ghost, to help them to remember and to write it. Not only to write and things of this nature, but actually to speak it. So we know that, that God's hand, that's the reason Peter writes and told us, you know, the Bible is written by what holy men of God is they what? Inspired to breathe the mood upon by God. So it's not just a, a, a man thing, it's a God thing. And so as John's moving here, then you go to, again, if you back on up, you can back up to the 39th verse. He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. And so we've seen things happen. <coughs> We've got to watch a pattern here because it's all about John's writings. As you watch it unfold, as he's bringing about the, the life of Jesus, the walking with Jesus, the ministry of Jesus Christ, and, and how even with John and his disciples, how the truth is brought about, how it's going to unfold. And, and so when you move from that, you go from that, you begin to go into the area where he turns the water into wine. He goes to a marriage, and so these miracles begin to start happening. They begin to take place. You can go to the third chapter, and you're going to begin to see there, and we talked about it many times, Nicodemus come to him at the nighttime. You know, we know that there are a man sent from God or teacher they didn't believe him though as the son of God a man they didn't believe him that he was the Messiah even though he was uh, performing the miracles and, and fulfilling the prophecies uh, that had been written about him then when you go to the fourth chapter you're going to read about a man from the other extreme of a lady that's at a well Jacob's well now watch this and she talks about Jacob's well so now watch this let's go back to the birth being born again Nicodemus couldn't get from that uh, area of a natural birth can a man be born again can he enter the second time in his mother's womb but, but you know and even Jesus talked about it he said hey you're a leader you're, you're a Jewish leader and you don't understand what's really being said here you can judge the skies and you can judge the weather and judge all that but you're missing out amen that born again of the spirit now so John's constantly working and he's building if you're watching build here so when you get to the fourth chapter, you, it's the water, these everlasting waters that you'll never thirst. But, but she said, hey, give me them waters. I'm going to have to come back here. I'll never thirst. But it's still the natural water because she's even questioning Jesus. You don't even have nothing. The well's deep and you don't even have nothing. You're talking from which are you going to get this water? Who are you? And believe it or not, this is the first time that even Jesus Christ reveals himself that he is the Messiah. Amen. And so... We're watching scriptures being fulfilled. We're watching witnessing. It's about witnessing. It's about believing the witness. It's about believing that he is the prophet. It's, it's about believing that he is the Messiah. It's believing that he is the Son of God. That he, he was sent from heaven. And so as this continues to build and as the word gets out, and no doubt the resistance is building. And those that's going to be against him. And those that's not believing him. And, and, and no doubt maybe others had came. Because Jesus talks about others that came in his name. But they what was not him. And they failed and they come up short. And I believe even the devil attempted some of them and tried them. And they failed and come up short. That's the reason when you go to the fourth chapter of Matthew. And the temptation of Satan himself immediately driven out into that wilderness. And, but yet he conquered that temptation. He overcome that. And so Jesus is fulfilling a man. Everything it was to believe that he was that Messiah. That he was the Savior. He is the King of kings the Lord of lords. He is, he is the Son of God. It's what's being driven home. Because I'm telling you, when you really believe this, with everything it is within you, you don't have nothing to fear. You don't have nothing to fret about. You don't have to worry about your tomorrow. God's got it. He is the author and finisher. 
There's no if and and to maybes about the God that we serve, the name that we called on. I don't care about the troubles and all that other stuff. The facts are still there. Amen. He's a healer. He's a mender. He's a savior. He's in the business of still doing it. He's just as powerful and real today as he's ever been. He can take cancer out of bodies. He can heal your lives. He can do this. And do that. Now, if you don't see through, you know what? His grace is sufficient. And regardless, I'm going to be a winner either way. So it really doesn't matter what the doctor's report is, what the financial problems are, what the family problems are. I got a God. Hallelujah. Now, he never bowed to one temptation. He never failed in one battle. And I know this man, and I am persuaded today. I am sure. I am sure that he's the Messiah. So that's, this is what John's doing. This is what he's building, and this is what he's headed into. And so, and when you go on through, and you go through the fifth chapter, and the healing of Bethesda, 38 years, we talked about that. And, and remember that, because when you go into the sixth chapter, most believes Bethesda's where he's at. That's the place it doesn't really say. But when you go to the first verse of the sixth chapter, it deals with the lows, because there he says he went over the Sea of Galilee, the son of Tiberias, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. If you go back and you see that was, some of this is dealing even because they question him because why he did it on the Sabbath day. You know, so he's great on the Sabbath. He's not bound by their theologies and their laws. Amen. Because on the Sabbath, and he, he brings it to him. He tells them, don't you take your ox and don't you take them out of the stall and lead them to water. And on the Sabbath, and things and, and to make this one whole on the Sabbath, to take this and crippled or withered. And so this happens a number of times. So as he, he, he begins to follow through, and we know about, amen, how he took the five loaves and two, two fishes and he fed the great multitude of 5,000. I was brought to him, even though he questions him, and 200 pennies worth. 200 pennies worth is actually, uh, a penny worth was a day's la labor. So that's 200 days of the year worth to take to even this. And he was doubtful there if that would be enough, amen, to feed what? The bread, the bread. But so Jesus says, well, bring it, bring it to me, bring me what you got. And as he blesses it, begins to break it, and it multiplies and feeds the 5,000, sets things in order. And then when you move to that, as you move on, and you see where from that point, because they're going to try to, he goes and he departs. And, and so you know how the disciples go get in the ship. He tells them to get in the ship and go to the other side. And so he goes up in the mountain to pray. Now the people are seeing this. They're there. They're watching this. So here's where they're leaving. They're going to Capernaum now. They're going to make their way to Capernaum. And uh, so the people that's there that's uh, enjoyed the fishes and loaves. Man, enjoyed, you know. Some people come just to hear the music. Some people come just to feel the, the feel good. I mean, you can take a rank sinner, but they can come to the house of God and the move of the Holy Ghost, and they feel better and they leave. I mean, it's just something about it. It's lifting. It's, it's very encouraging. It's uplifting. You may not know, have a clue what's going on, but you just know, hey, I feel better. There's something, man, there's something about this. It's something about the spirit. And the atmosphere changes as that spirit moves. If, if that's through song or through prayer or through preaching. And hopefully, prayerfully, it's through all of that. That's, the, that's how it's the, the blocks. That's how it's built. That's what brings about a man to help create an atmosphere. 
man to, for lives, lives to be touched and souls to be touched. And that's the reason it's God's will. Every time we come here, there ought to be a certain amount of satisfaction that ought to take place. That's the reason the enemy fights you so hard. That's the reason he don't want you to get out there and pray and get the power of God and the glory of God and condition your heart and your mind and spirit. That when you walk in this house, that you got an ear to hear it. But not only to hear it, but you got a, an anointing upon it that you can help bless, that you can get involved. And you don't have to be the preacher and you don't have to be the special singer, but you can be that little connection. Amen. That plugs into the heavens through prayer and faith and through the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. That help propels this and brings it all back. Because none of us is an island. None of us can do it by ourselves. I mean, but we all part and we're fitly joined together. Amen. For the, to obey the head and the power and the thought to the head that flows through the body that turns our world upside down. Amen. Oh, man, I'll tell you, God's wanting to do something in Dale. I'll tell you right now, God's wanting to do something. Not just in Bendale, everywhere. In this end time, God's wanting to pour out His Spirit. God's wanting to do some great and powerful things for His people. And so, as you watch this begin to unfold. So, really, we kind of pick up the 25th verse. And I know we got about, you know, about another 50 verses to go through. But we're going to try our best and, uh, to cover this as, as we watch this unfold. So, when, when you pick up there, you're going to see he begins to talk about the true bread from heaven. True bread. Bread. You know, somebody... I, <laughs> You don't have to agree with this. It'll be okay. Because I know they tell us, you know, if you get on diets and all, you can't eat bread. You know, come on. My goodness. God blessed. Jesus blessed bread. He ate bread. And I'm going to eat bread. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, I can make a meal out of bread. I can take a glass of milk, get some good bread and a little, little butter or something on it. Man, I can make a meal out of it. I mean, I just, I'm a bread eater. So I'm not going to listen to you. It's kind of like ice cream. I'm just not going to listen to you. Some areas. I'm going to pray God bless it, keep it, man. Hallelujah. God still performs miracles. If he can turn water into wine, he can take out all the good stuff after it goes into my stomach, not while it's in my mouth. turn water into wine in them old vessels. He could turn, amen, that I'd eat was so good, amen, to good when it gets in here. I tell you what, he turned you and I around. He turned our hearts around. He turned our minds around. He turned our spirits around. God knows no limit. And that might be a plug for maybe the wrong, but anyway, hallelujah, God's working for us, so we, we're going to trust him. But anyway, it was a start here at this 25th verse, you're going to see. And when they had found him on the other side, well, let me back up one verse. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, when they come back to, amen, to Bethsaida, to the sea, so he wasn't there, the disciples wasn't there, they said, where did he go? Now, they knew, amen, hey, he didn't get in the ship. He didn't go with the disciples. And, and, and you know, the chance of being able to walk away around the sea and just you know, that one night or whatever. So they, they're going to get, they're going to go search. They're going to go looking for him. And so they get in the ship and they found him on the other side of the sea and they shed unto him, Rabbi, Master, Teacher. They didn't have a, private, a problem with calling him a teacher. They didn't have a problem with calling him a, a master, a man, and even a prophet. But that line being called the Son of God. That's just like that line, because you watch John. I, I mentioned, how many of you remember him out of 1 John? Man, the only way to have the Father is to have the Son. And you can't have one without the other. They both, amen. They both the one and the same. Amen. And they're not two or three of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you don't believe that Jesus, amen, is the God Almighty, then you're going to be lost and undone because you've got to take the Father and the Son. And you, this is what John's telling me. You've got to believe that Jesus was the Father. 
that he was that incarnation of God Almighty. He's that manifestation of God. Because God can't be seen. He is a spirit. But he manifested himself through this child called Jesus. The promise of Genesis 3.15 was fulfilled. Amen. And, and, and we're going to talk about Isaiah 7 was fulfilled. Amen. I'm going to give you a sign then. Ahaz, if you want to ask for one, I'll give you one. There'll be a virgin. Amen. That's going to give birth to a child. A virgin's going to give birth. That means he had no fleshly daddy. Amen. But it come about means he had to have a heavenly father. That's the reason Jesus said, where I've ascended from, I'm going back. That's the reason you and I've got to be born again. Got to be born. That's, that's, what that, that's what that third and fourth chapter of John's all about. You must be born again of the water and the spirit. It's got to be that second birth that takes place. Without it, you can't enter or see the kingdom of God. But through this and by this, not only are we going to see it, we're going to enter and we're going to be a part of it. Not just upon this earth, but in the fullness of that kingdom. In the millennium. And when it's set up on this earth, in a power of demonstration that all nature is going to go to. It's going to be set up, amen, as he sets up in that temple. Man, part of all of that. But anyway, don't get too far. But Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily. Verily, verily. How often do you think that's in the Bible? Best I could tell, 25. Guess where they're at? All 25 times. John. John is the only one. Unless that concordance wrong. John's the only one. Use the term verily, verily. Verily, verily. And watch this. It wasn't just verily, verily. But verily, verily. I say. Jesus says. So John. Amen. This is not what John. John said. This is not my words. This is what Jesus said. It makes all the difference. That's what I try to tell people sometimes. Well, you don't have a right to judge. I didn't judge them. This is the book, man. This is not me. This is the book. How else are you going to believe what you believe unless you get it out of, you know, well, I just believe. Well, what do you believe? I mean, uh, I can believe I'm a millionaire, but until I can write the checks and show the materialistic things and things of that nature and write you a $100,000 check, there's not a whole lot of fruits of that, not a whole lot of evidence of that. Man, I'm looking for some evidence. We're living in a world today that needs some evidence of Christian, Holy Ghost-filled people walking in the power and being led by the Spirit of God, seeing the miraculous and the supernatural, dealing with oppositions and things of that nature, amen, and putting them in their position with the right attitude and the right spirit. He just spoke to a lot of it, buddy. He just spoke to it. He didn't get riled up and all this other. He just, hey man, because he knew who he was. He solved, he already solved that issue. Way back here. Before he ever dealt with Sadducees and Pharisees and the Jews and the unbelieving Jews, he, saw, he settled that issue on the mountain. He settled that issue way back in Matthew 4. But you know what? To some of us, that's what we need to do. Let's just get it made up. Look here, devil. I'm a child of God. I'm going to be a child of God today. I'm going to be a child of God tomorrow. I'm going to be a child of God a year from now. I don't know how God's going to let me be on this earth, but I'm going to be a child of God. Amen. I'm going to fight. I'm going to win. I'm going to overcome. Amen. You might think you have best, but you're not. I know I'm a child of God. I know I've spoken tongues. I know I felt the power of God. I know I've been washed. Amen. I'm white. We sang it. White. <laughs> how would you like to wear an all-white suit all the time? Why not? Man, that dirt, them little spots shows up quick on them white. I bought some, had some new white shirts, and first time through the dryer, you get a little brown spot on them. I just wear them anyway. Cover it up with a jacket. 
If it don't cover it up and you're looking too much, say something about it. I said, hey, you're looking too much. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You didn't come to see what I'm wearing. You come to see a move of God, move of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we didn't come to see how many wrinkles is in the suit. <laughs> I don't look at all that. You know, tell me what kind of suit you got on. I don't know. That's my wife. <laughs> what brand is? I ain't got a clue. <laughs> Amen. It don't matter to me. Because <laughs> she's got on me a few times. That's out of style. That's you're supposed to wear that in the summertime, not in the wintertime. It's hanging in the closet. I've told her one time, I said, you buy me suits that I can wear any time and all the time. I don't want suits that you got to pick certain times of suits you got to wear. No, I just want one I can go in there. It suit me fine. I just wore black suits and wore black suits all the time. Just change the ties every so often, you know. Hey, Amen. It's a whole lot easier. At least you ain't got to get in there scratch your head. Wait, which one I'm going to wear today? Well, I think I wore that in last week. I probably wore that in the week before. No, they all look the same. It don't matter. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm glad it ain't all white, though. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, so I just wanted to make a little point. I just kept thinking we're singing that song. I just happened to think about that. Amen. Because you know what? When, you, when he's washed you white as snow, it don't take much to put a blemish. Make a spot. But thank God for that blood. And thank God for continued confession. That's the reason we do it every morning. That's the reason we repent every day. God, forgive me. Wash me. Help me. Amen. This is an earthen vessel. This thing's just old dust. But God, if you'll help me. Amen. I want to win. But so i got to move on here. But verily, verily, I say unto you, he seek me not because he saw the miracles, the supernatural. But you're seeking me because you have eaten the loaves and the fishes. You, you, you're seeking me to satisfy the wrong thing. Paul comes along and tells us that some worship their belly. Man, and, and basically what we're saying is that our own desires, our own passions. That's the reason we have such a... Uh, and we're seeing it among us. I hate to say it, but it's the truth of, of, of you know... Changing ways and doctrines and what's, what's essential in, in the separation now. Amen. More and more is being accepted. More and more. And, 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 and look, we all see them. We all come short glory to God. That's, that's not the deal. You know, there's a difference in, in, in you're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to come on. But we don't have to be a servant. But here's the other thing. To condone it and say that God's going to accept us. You know. You've got to watch sin. If you allow a little bit here. You know, if you allow one or two, you know. <laughs> that's the reason you're seeing some today that's, that's promoting and, and putting homosexuals in their pulpits now. Because they never would keep the lines drawn. They never could keep the, the message and saying, I don't care. It is your mama or your brother or your sister or your daughter or your son. That's sin. And we're not going to condone it. And they're going to, the book says, I didn't say it. The book, but, but verily, verily, I say, verily, verily, Jesus said. There's a difference in if I say it than when Jesus says it. Because you and I always got to remember what is forever settled in the heavens. It's unchangeable. We're serving an unchanging God. So his mind about sin has not changed. Now, God can handle sin. If we wouldn't confess it, the same writer helps us with that. If we'll confess, he'll wash it, okay? So that ain't, but our problem today is condoning it, accepting it, and putting them in positions, and putting them in places, elevating them, and saying they're going to make it. They can live that lifestyle and go to heaven. They're trying to tell you, well, God didn't say you was going to hell. Well, then you don't believe his book. You can't believe his word. 
But you can't separate the word from the spirit. It's impossible. You know how we're drawn? That's the reason God has chosen. It pleased God by what? The foolish of preaching. If you're preaching the word of God, that's how the spirit works. That's what brings conviction. That's what reestablishes a man doctrines. That's what Brother Ford was talking about. If we sung that old song, if we don't go back and visit some of those places, they slip. That's the reason Peter said, hey, I'm going to write this down and give you. I know you already know this, and I know I've already told you verbally, but I'm fixing to write it down so you'll have it when I've passed and gone that you can go back and visit it. Amen. And so we, we have to do that. And So as he went from that, he says, labor not for the meat which perish. So now we begin to talk about He's fixing to help putting this in position. This is Jesus talking as he deals with the Jews. He's dealing with those that's there. Amen. As they are beholding and taking hold of what's going on here. So he tells them. But for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Amen. I may preach on that sealed business. Actually, it's, it's, it's kind of like you, go, you need a note of Republican, and they call it a seal, a stamp of approval, a stamp of seal. Amen. That documents that paper, that what you sign, that contract, that bill of sale. Amen. And so, you know what? That's the reason God backs up his word with signs and wonders. Amen. And brings about deliverance. And that's the reason we want results when we hear the being in the presence of God and pray down and visit the word of God, even if it's in a private time or by the preaching of the word of God, the changes are made. Uh, amen. Why? Because there's a power and authority in this. And so this sealed by who? By God. So man, this is where the wheels begin to turn. And this is where they begin to look at him a little different. And Oh, it's all right long as you multiply in the fishes and loaves. It's all right, preacher, as long as you just, you know, as you preach about, uh, you know, blessing us and you preach about us, you know, we're going to become a millionaire in the next six months and we're going to have this happen and, you know, that girl is going to find that that prince and that prince is going to find that queen. And Anyway, I'm going to go. Then said they unto him, what shall we do? That we might work the works of God. Jesus answered said unto them. This is the work of God. That he believe in him whom he hath sent. This is the work of God. You got to believe that in him that God has sent. Not man but God sinning. And so here we go. <laughs> they said therefore unto him. What sign showest thou then. That we may see and believe thee. What dost thou work? What goes in the next verse talk about thought, but let me sign. Okay. Moses taught them that there was going to one come like unto him, right? For them, for them to hear him and obey him. Moses also deals with this same deal about the sign. You go back into Exodus, the third chapter and fourth chapter. You're going to see when, when Moses is called and out of that burning bush by the voice of God. And God begins to deal with him and tell him what he wants to do to send him back to Egypt. Amen. After 80 years of preparing him to go back to Egypt and bring his people out of Egypt. And, and so even Moses, the sign, what sign? How are they going to know? 
And you know, he took the rod and threw it down. It turned into a serpent. Amen. And he reached down and picks it up by the tail. And he said, hey, if that sign's not enough, amen. He said, put your hand in the bosom. He said, pull it out and it's full of leverage. He said, put it back in and put it back in, pull it back. And it's cleaned again. That's another sign. And then he goes on and talks about even the voice, the voice, amen, of God and, and the power of God is we're going to, someone send you and direct you, amen, to see these things unfold and happen. And so people's always looking for signs, amen. But you know what? Sometimes those signs, amen. I've heard people make this statement. Please don't take this wrong. But I'm going to tell you something. Just miracles alone won't bring revival. They won't. They're, they're having. If you listen to people out there, man, they supposedly having miracles left and right and things of this nature and all that. And I question some of them. You know, you can say it happened. You can say a lot of this and things of that nature. Amen. But, but, but you know what? The first miracle I read about in the New Testament, nobody could deny it. Well, y'all looking at me kind of. But it's the truth. No believers nor non-believers could deny that a notable miracle had taken place. The sign was there. The evidence was there. This is miraculous. This is a God thing. That's, that's where we want to be. And that's where we got to stay. And that's where we got to get. Because there's so many denominations. And so many religions. And so many ideas and opinions out there. And so many voices out there. But there's still only one true way. There's only one true gospel. There's only one true voice. And this voice doesn't have a problem. Bringing forth the signs. That will separate us. That even the enemy out there will have to say. I know one thing. He laid at that gate called beautiful for 40 years. And that's the guy. It's kind of like the guy when he told him to take up his couch. Take up his bed. He said all I can tell you is he told me to take up my bed. That's all I can tell you. And so. As we. Watch this. It begins, and they said, therefore, to him, uh, the 31st verse, Our fathers did eat the manna in the desert, and as it is written, and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Watch what Joseph, I mean, Jesus responds to him. Watch what he says. Verily, verily again, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Moses didn't give you that bread. He's, he's helping them to understand Moses wasn't the one. God. God is the one. Watch it. But my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven. Now, now come on. Let's put ourselves there. He's a carpenter's son. We, we know, his, you know his brothers. We think they're full brothers, but they're not. They're halves. They didn't have the same daddy. So you got to back up to all of this. And I don't know how much of all this they remembered. Because now there's been 30 years since that episode. It's been 30 years or better. 31, 32 years. Since it's passed by since the time of Mary and the birthing of Jesus Christ. And now all of a sudden he comes out of this carpenter shop. And he's just been a carpenter all of his life. And he's been one of them guys that they've all made fun of. And he hadn't gotten married. He hadn't got out on his own. He don't own a house. He don't own an acre of land. And this man called Jesus. We know his sisters. 
We know his daddy. Watch what he says. Bread of life, it goes on. They said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto him, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that, that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. Now you've seen me, but you don't believe. I, I am that bread. I, I am that one that can satisfy that thirst. I'm, I'm the one that's got to come through because we understand that he's the door and the way. Now here we are way down the road. So we understand exactly what he's talking about. We, we, we comprehend this. But here they are. You know, hey, come on. They, they're looking at it. Amen. And, and, and again, remember this struggle has, has taken place with Nicodemus. This struggle had also taken place, amen, amen, at the well. And now here again, they're struggling with this, trying to get from the carnal and the fleshly and the natural into the spiritual and into that place, amen, where this can unfold, where this can take place. How can he ascend it? How can he come from heaven? We know who his daddy is. We know who his mama is. How can he say that he's from heaven? Because, watch this, everybody's got a pretty much preconceived idea how it's going to unfold. Did any of you have a preconceived idea of what it was going to be like to get the Holy Ghost? I got a few nodding yes. I'm going to leave that stump alone for a minute. <laughs> I can set that one on quick. <laughs> I will ask you, did, did it happen the way you thought it was going to happen? <laughs> Because God's ways are so far above ours. But here's the deal. Sometimes, and, and he, he died. Brother Ford mentioned it. He can do exceedingly above what we can think or ask. But I just wonder how many times we missed him when it does it right down where it makes all the sense in the world. And makes everything. It's right down here in the insignificant areas of our lives. Can I, can I deal with that for just a second? If we're not careful, the reason we want this visitation, experience, and they happen. Paul, come on, we know it, okay? But I don't read of anybody else that had an experience with Paul. He didn't know if he's anybody or out. Out of all the thousands and millions of people that's had the Holy Ghost and followed Jesus, it could talk about experience like that. In that measure, okay. Well, I'm trying to, but I believe in balance. Because if we're not careful, I have a feeling sometimes we want that for the wrong reason. We want it to glorify. We want it to build up. It's hard for us to believe that Jesus Christ would just come down and be born of a virgin and live as a carpenter's son for 30 years and perform and do the things even though he astounded him at 12 years of age. But he submitted. He yielded. You'll find another common statement that John writes about. He talks about Jesus saying, It is not my hour. It is not my hour. Day. It is a time. There is a season. And even from this, these scriptures that we're reading come from, just prior to this, they was going to forcefully make him king. And he has to just kind of just. Because they wanted him to be the wrong king. That wasn't the kingship he's wanting to set up. 
That's not the kingdom that he wants to set up. But this kingdom is not meat and drink. This kingdom, amen, is the, the spirit of God. And so it's, it's so different. It's so different. That's the reason you and I have to walk different. Reason you and I have to respond and handle things and, and, and true submit. That's the reason. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to just say it. I think it's a very dangerous thing for us to start putting so much emphasis on the shoes we wear and the suits we got and, and getting them tailored this and this tailored and that tailored. Hey, we can get all this tailored, but if I didn't get this tailored, if I didn't get this tailored, if my spirit didn't get tailored, I am doing no different than the rest of the nominal world. And I'm telling you, it's going to come. It's going to crumble under our feet. It's going to fall out from under us. But if we'll do it God's way and we let the real tailor do the tailoring, amen, the spirit of this man and the mind of this man and make me a new creation. Hello, you won't have to worry about it tumbling out from under you. You won't have to worry about hungering again. You won't have to worry about thirsting again. You won't go anywhere else to find a Jesus. You won't go anywhere else to find a God. You won't go any other church. No. Not when you really begin to eat of this bread and experience the love of this God and who He is. Because it's all about not, not, not the bread, what it is, it's who it is. This bread that it flows from, that I can find satisfaction. That's the reason you can take people, can drive in here in an automobile that's, the fenders are rusted out. You know, it's leaking oil, they park it in the grass because they don't get oil on the cement. And here I'm coming 10 miles down the road. But when they walk in here, they park right, right, right. You know, they didn't park on the cement, but the guy next to them on the cement just pulled into that $110,000, whatever. But they both could get out with the same joy, with the same happiness. With the same peace, with the same salvation. Hallelujah. Materialistic things is not what did us. And we need it. I prayed about it this morning. Hallelujah. We need it to buy fields and build buildings to do what we want to do. But let me tell you something. It's not those things that's going to sustain us. It's a true bread of life. It's a true experience of God. It's striking from His well. The natural things are never going to do it. You can own this and own that and all the other things and still be a miserable wreck. You could be in this house and can't put two nickels together and be content and satisfied and complete and whole because he's the only one that can make you whole. He's the only one that can satisfy you. He's the only one that can pull us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you know what? I will preach both sides of this. If God wants you to be a millionaire, I want you to be a millionaire, a billionaire. But if he don't, I don't. You may not like them prayers, but that's just how I pray them. Because our souls and our inheritance is more important. You know, I heard something. Sister Beaver might could tell a little better than I can this part. And I don't know how much of it is even out because I've heard it. But Brother, Brother, Brother Bean, which is about 46, he got killed. He prophesied about it, but watch this. It was either his wife or his mother said later on, said a good possibility the reason God took Verbal Bean out. He was just before coming into 
a lots of money. But I'd much rather go and be right with God. When it's all said and done. All this other ain't going to mean nothing. So Jesus, we don't come to church just for the fishes and loaves. There's some greater bread. There's some greater satisfaction. There's an inward man inside of me that has to be fed. There's a voidness it's you created in us that we lost in the garden. And you're the only one that can fill it. And Jesus Christ is that bread. Jesus Christ is that way. I don't care what the Muslims say. I don't care what the Hindus say. I don't care what all of them has to say about it. It's still the facts. And when the, when the smoke clears, everybody's going to realize it. Because this book says every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess. I want to do it now as a believer. I want to do it now as having an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say to me. I want to respond unto it and take of his bread and drink of his water. Hallelujah. And even when it gets on the inside of me, let it do the perfect work let it work in my spirit let it work in every chamber of my heart well, I've been praying about that lately God every chamber of my heart of my makeup and who I am don't let me close nothing off God let me let you open let me open it up to you let me let you walk in there let cleanse me purge me the Bible says the pure in heart is going to see God the pure in heart not just part of it either the pure in heart I believe that's a whole heart I can't afford, amen, to allow envy or bitterness or jealousy or strive or hold anything grudges for you. Can't do it. Well, you just don't know how. Yeah, we've all been hurt. We've all been offended. We've all dealt with situations that didn't go our way and like we'd like for it to. But it ain't worth going to hell over. It ain't worth. Not when I can come here and find my healer. Not when I could come here and eat a bread. A man that goes for. You talk about a healing. You're talking about a bread that'll heal. You're talking about a bread that'll heal the mental and the physical and the spiritual areas. But you got to come and be willing to eat from the, of his bread. you got to be willing to come and to dine from his table. Hallelujah. I thought about it this morning as we prayed here this morning. What's on the table and available for us. And God help us reach up and get it by faith and by prayer and by obedience. Amen. What you got on the table. Amen. We wouldn't leave this house without getting it, without experiencing it, allowing it to take effect in our hearts and our minds. Because you are the bread of life and so for time's sake I'm, I know I'm not even going through some of the scriptures and I don't I, we won't have time to do that so uh, but as we go to the 41st verse amen here's where a man that Jesus had responded to them and he talks about how he came down from heaven he talks about a man to do the mind of the, his own the, to, not to do his own will listen to him I'm back up the 38th verse I'm sorry brother Bernie. for I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him that sent me hmm. see they just couldn't get that in their heads that God had sent Jesus <laughs> and this is the father's will which hath sent me that all of all which he had given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's what we're shooting for, ladies and gentlemen. 
that raising up on the last day. And not, not, not in that second resurrection. Not in the resurrection of damnation. But we're looking, amen, to the resurrection of life and life eternal. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for just any resurrection because all are going to be resurrected. But I want to be resurrected, amen. I want to be in that first resurrection. That blessed resurrection that the Bible talks about. That's the resurrection I want to be a part of. Amen. So to do that, I got to believe that he is the son of God. I got to believe that he is the door. I got to believe his words and receive his words. Amen. As the words of the Father. As the words of God. Hallelujah. I can't deviate from any of that. But you and I got to see and believe that he is the one. And so when you look at the 41st verse. The Jews then remembered at him. Because he said. I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said. Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph. Whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Mumber not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. Wow. See, that's where you get into that area. You know, I've talked to, you know, and I tell them, you know, if you don't believe this is the word of God, I can't help you. I can't help you because you don't believe. The word itself says you've got to believe there's a God. If you don't believe there's a God, then you know, what do you believe? But you've got to believe. And not only is that there is a God, but he is a reward of them that what? Diligently seeks him. And so diligently seek him is through the word, through prayer, through these avenues that we might know him. Jesus therefore answered and said, No man could come to the Father except the Father sent him or draw to him. I will raise him up at the last day. Notice how often in this chapter alone, this has been mentioned. The last day. The goal is the last day. The goal is the last day. You know the reason Jesus can bear the cross? Because he looked beyond the cross. He's looking out into eternity. He's looking beyond that. You know, sometimes the reason you survive today is because you're looking at your tomorrow. Amen. My tomorrow's going to be better. Hallelujah. When this thing's over with, when the battle's over with, when there's no more life in this body, and this body's resurrected, when the Spirit's brought back by God and scoops up that body, amen, in a new creation. Amen. That, 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 that corruptible, putting on incorruption. Hallelujah. Going to a place where there'll be no devil. Going to a place where there won't be no temptations. Going to a place where there won't be no death. Going to a place where there won't be no tears. Going to a place where there ain't no, no pain or sorrows or burdens. And that's what we look at. And when you get your eyes on that, that's the reason Paul said, get your eyes on heaven. Lay your treasures up in heaven. Hallelujah. Because you've got to get your eyes on heaven sometime. And the struggles and heartaches and the disappointments and afflictions and things that bombard you and get hold of you. Your passions and desires. You've got to get your eyes on the bread. You've got to get your eyes on heaven. You've got to get your eyes on the last day. Give you that endurance. Give you that drive, that passion. I'm going to make it. Because I'm going to experience that. I want to be a part of that. Uh, again, let me just uh, I'm move on. Again, in the fifth, let's go to the second verse. Uh, 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I would give is my flesh. Which I would give for the life of the world. It's kind of like the water, right? Give me this water, I'd never thirst again. Now he's telling them, I'm this bread. I'm this bread that came down. And, and now you'll, you'll never hunger again. 
you, you found something that's going to satisfy. And the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus answered, Amen, and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and will, I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is the meat indeed, and my blood is the drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not of your fathers did eat man. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? This is a hard saying. I can't tell you how many times some will tell you, Well, I just can't live that. You know, some reason some won't walk in these doors because they don't believe they can live this. But I, also, I tell them quickly, I said, I'm going to tell you something. You get the Holy Ghost, you can live it. Amen. It's not near as hard as you think it is. In fact, the Jesus' word says, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. The way of a transgressor is hard. You're listening to the wrong voice. Your appetite, amen, is for the wrong belly. Hello, your desires and passions, amen, is for the world and worldly things. But when you get a passion for righteousness and godliness and that which is upright and you get it made up in your mind and heart and spirit, I'm going to fall in love with this thing. I'm going to fall in love with the commandments. I'm going to fall in love with the statues. I'm not worried about the separation. I'm not worried about the ideas of the world. I'm not worried about their mocks and remember They don't got a clue. They don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. They never tasted this bread. They never drank this one. They don't know what it is to dance in the spirit. They don't know what it is to speak in that every language that the joy of the Lord. And you don't have to just wait till you're here to do it either. You're cheating yourself out if you're doing that. Your own bedroom at your own house or living room or wherever. Man, you're going to enjoy this God, this fellowship, companionship, this bread. <laughs> Sitting down and dining and eating. <laughs> Especially when you feel the attack of the enemy. The bombarding of this world and the spiritual world that we're in. Hallelujah, folks. If you think that's going to get easier, it's not. If you think the majority is going to agree with you, you're, you're kidding yourself. I'm even getting worried about some among us. What I mean by that, not just local sin. I'm talking about those that came to be one God Pentecostals. Amen. It's wanting more and more of the world. Won't allow this, allow that. From one generation to the next. And we got to watch all of that. We got to make sure we make a visit back to them old landmarks. Make sure we keep the brush cut out from around it. Make sure why we were we at and how we got here. See, that's what's wrong with America. That's the reason they want to change the Constitution. That Constitution is the reason where we at, where we at. Amen. Because of that Constitution, that there was godly men. Amen. I don't, know, I don't know some of them questions that. Amen. Because they talk about George Washington. They talk about watching him bow down in that snow and speaking a language that his captains and leaders didn't know what he was saying. Hallelujah. They committed experiences of God. You know why? Because they was honest and they were sincere and God was raising up a nation and when God gets ready to raise up a nation he's first got to raise up a man and when God raises up the man he'll not that man he'll equip that man I'm telling you ladies and gentlemen here this morning there's a bread that's available to you you some of you look at me and sitting there like you know what you're, eating, you're, you're, you're so used to that but I will tell you something if you get your fresh loaf of it and really begin to die and there's nutrition and power to shrink in there you're not going to find it in drugs you're not going to find it after the pleasure of the world this is the only place that's a Available. 
to the house of God in the presence of the king. And I'm going to tell you something. The loaves have been cut and put on the table. It's up to you. It's up to me. God's not going to force us. He's not going to make us come and dine and come and eat. But if you get your mind, man, I'm going to eat from this. I'm going to make it a part of my daily. Did you know that's a part of the prayer? I know I hadn't talked about the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord's Prayer taught us what? My daily bread. It's a day thing. You know, I believe the reason God don't give us so much in some areas because we can't handle it. It'll trip us up. It'll mess us up. It'll get us to the point that we won't need Him. Got plenty of money. I can do this. I can do that. Or I'm so busy trying to get it. I don't have time for Him. Folks, we ought to always make time for God. He's made, he made time for us. I know I got to. So as we get to the latter part of this now. And, and he said, when Jesus knew within himself that his disciples murmured, murmured at it. He said unto them, does this offend you? Is this statement, is it? You know, this hard saying. And I'm not sure how great this multitude for his actual number. We do believe those are great followers. We believe that now that he had to come from Bethsaida now into Capernaum and all that had gathered up now and gathered around him as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ and called themselves that. But now this... Have you, heard, have you ever heard one of those messages? It was, it was that crossroads, buddy. It was that Y in the road. And you knew it by the message. I'm going to choose one or the other. And tonight's the night. Man, God's given me the opportunity I know it in my spirit. If I don't do it right this time, I can forget it. It's a crossroads. And so here it was. And as he begins to deal with his own disciples, those, amen, he says, it is a spirit that quickeneth. Notice this now. He explains about the flesh. He explains about the blood. He, he brings it to our understanding of what he's talking about here. Just like the water. Just like being born again. Nicodemus and the lady. He's explaining what's happening. What's unfolding. What's, what's, you're not literally going to be eating his flesh. You're not literally going to be drinking his blood. But it's a spiritual thing. Why? Watch what he says. It is a spirit that quickeneth. Quickeneth means to, be, to bring a light. First Adam. Hmm? It's a living soul. The second Adam called Jesus Christ was what? A quickening spirit. He's the one that brought back life to us. He's the one that put God's spirit. A measure, a down payment, but enough. <laughs> enough. Because we couldn't handle the fullness of it. In these earthen vessels. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit. And they are life. This is life right here. His words, what's been written, what's been, here, here, here's how to live. Here's how to live a, a peaceful life, a joyful life, an overcoming life. It's these words right here. To have them anchored into our spirits and our hearts and minds. and Not to be misled. And, but there are some of you... That believe not. Jesus knew from the beginning. 
who they were that believed not and who should betray him. He said, therefore said I unto you that no man could come unto me except he were given unto him of my father. And from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will he also go away? And this is where Simon Peter answered him, the Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, that anointed one, that Messiah. We're sure. We believe. We're persuaded. We believe this gospel. We believe the good tidings. We've experienced it. We've tasted it. We know the Lord is precious. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, talking about his carrot, a man, and his departure. So this morning, so as you stand here today, you can stand, the bread of life, the bread of life, amen, the helper, the way maker, the provider. Uh, I know there's a lot of scriptures here. I, I bypassed, I had about four pages of. But I knew it just time was going to be pushing us and things of that nature. But uh, man, he is the bread of life. He's that strength. The scripture says that this Jehovah God is the strength of Israel. This Jesus Christ is our strength. And as we eat of that bread, call the word of God our his flesh. Go back to the first chapter. First verse, the 14th verse. The word became flesh. It makes all the sense in the world when you really begin to think of it. And we eat it spiritually. It's the spirit of a man. It's really the heart of the man. It's the spirit of the man that God takes as a candles and searches out the inward parts. See who and what we are. I thank God for that spirit. In one place he lightens us into what? Into a candle. Or a city on the hill. <laughs> Brought out of darkness. Into this marvelous light. Because he is the bread of life here today. He's our substance. He's what we need. The writer said we live and move and have our being. By him. I know, I know we're living in a world today that's got us. America's pushing us to the point that uh, the husband and wife both got to work. We've got to have two or three automobiles. We've got to have two and three hundred thousand dollar houses. We've got to have, you know, a closet full of clothes and it's driving us. It's propelling, it's pushing us. But when it's all said and done, it won't bring the satisfaction what this bread will bring. It won't bring the comfort. There's nothing like laying your head in the pillow at nighttime knowing that today you're all right with your maker. You're all right with your creator. Everything's good. This is what God wants. I'm not saying pursue after those things. Start business. Just don't let it come 
your God. Just don't let it become that. How many's ever heard the statement? Who's the breadwinner of the house? You know what I'm going to start telling them? Jesus! And without Him, you have no bread. You may have money. You may have positions. You may have fame. But you don't have bread. And you don't have life. Because without the bread of Jesus Christ, there is no life. Absent of His bread, you're absent of life. Because His bread, taken of it, is the only bread, the only bread that can give us life. And give us hope. Let's pray. God, we love you today and appreciate you. Thank you, God, for your precious word. Your power of your love and your grace and mercy. I thank you, God, for every family that's in this church this morning. Their desire and passion to live for you. Their desire and passion, God, to hunger after your bread. And walk in the power and the strength of it. As you shine down upon each one, God. Establishing our ways. Guiding us in the world that we're in. To be successful. The servants and the disciples, God. We're not looking for a place, amen, to leave. We're not looking for a place where it says it's too hard. No, but Lord, by your grace and mercy. To whom, to whom, there is nobody else to come to. There is no other name given where we can call on. There is no other Savior. There is no other King. There is no other way maker. It's you and you alone as you baptize our hearts and baptize our minds and work on our behalf as we call your name over our loved ones. As we call your name over our children and over our grandchildren. As we call your name over our community and the families of this community, God, and the families of this church, God. You are the healer. You are the way maker. We're nothing without you but by you and through you, God. We can do all things. We'll find the strength to do it as we take up your word word as we take up your bread as we take God to have an ear to hear what the word of God has to say to us individually we would obey it and love it and respect it God we would keep it cherish it in our hearts our minds and spirit we let it be activated in our lives we let it work in our hearts on a daily basis as we give you honor and praise and glory for it today through and by no other name but through the lovely name of Jesus Christ we pray today God thy will Thy will be undone in this house and every soul of this house. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. God bless you this morning. Appreciate you. Hopefully something was said to encourage you, uplift you, or reassure you. Amen. If by chance there's any doubts whatsoever about this gospel and this one called Jesus, he is the bread of life. God bless you.